Praise the living God. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Praise the living God. As we move forward into, uh, this is the, the end of April, just about April 28th, and getting into the spring months here, and getting into a new season. And we know that God works in seasons. God not only works in physical seasons, but he works in spiritual seasons as well. So as we're going into these months ahead, let's look for many, many blessings. And let's sometimes take a look at where we are with God, because sometimes we get so busy in what we're doing, we forget to look at the the things pertaining to God that are really important. So let me just start by saying, by a show of hands, who has faith in God? Amen. Okay. Who trusts God? Amen. Okay. And then, is there a difference? Okay. And who believes that they are the same? Okay. And uh, who believes they're different? <laughs> we got hands going up for both. Amen. Amen. Well, there is a difference. Okay. And today we'll find out exactly what the difference is. We've had a lot of sermons on faith over the months and over the years and whatnot, and uh, including not too long ago. But in order to live the victorious life that God wants us to be able to live, we need to know what the difference is, amen, between, between our, uh, faith and, and trust. We have to know that there is indeed a difference. Many times when asked if we have faith in God, we all say absolutely. Then if we are asked if you trust God, then we say, oh, yes, of course, of course I trust God. But how often do we use the word interchangeably? How often do we use faith and trust interchangeably? Changeably. Do we even realize what we're saying? Do we know the difference? Do we really understand what the difference is? Well, to start with, faith is a noun. Faith is a noun. It is something that we have. As God reveals himself and his love to us, this knowing of God in our head, which is head knowledge, and in our heart, which is our belief system, is the substance or the evidence of him and his love. If you go to Hebrews 11.1, 1, let's just turn there uh, really quickly, and we all know what this scripture is, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 11. Praise the living God. Hebrews verse 11. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 11, verse number 1. Old familiar scripture there, and it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, and that now faith, of course, is talking about continuous faith. It doesn't mean faith while I'm in church. It doesn't mean faith while I'm saying my prayers. It doesn't mean faith um, on Sunday and then I worry about Monday. Now faith is continuous, is, is a continuous faith. It's the very substance, the essence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, and then if we go to the book of Romans, go to the book of Romans. Thank you, Jesus. The book of Romans, chapter 8. Okay. Okay, Romans 8, 24. And we see there, so, and it says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen, but hope that is seen is not, is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for it? For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. 
For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? So in other words, if you were, were hoping for $5 and you say, boy, oh boy, I sure it would be nice. I hope pastor can spare $5 and you ask me for $5 and I tell you, get lost. No, I'm just kidding. You know, you're saying, I hope pastor could give me $5 and you ask me for $5 and I give you the $5 and you put it in your wallet and you walk away and then you walk away and you say, well, gee whiz. I sure hope that pastor gives me five dollars. Well, you've got the five dollars. So why are you still hoping for it? Why are you still hoping for it? Okay, okay. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees it, why does he yet hope for it? Okay. So for so something that you readily see in front of you, then that is not something you you should be hoping for. You're hoping for things that you cannot see. But the hope that is seen is not hope. So again, now this ties into the question of what is indeed faith. Faith says, I know him and I believe. But faith is not the same as trust. Faith is not the same as trust. Okay, I said a moment ago that that um, that faith is a noun, but trust is a verb. Trust is something that denotes action. Uh, 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 Trust requires action. Trust is something that we do. Trust is trust is faith that is put in action. All right. Trusting is something that you actually do. It's something that something that you act on. It is the manifestation of our faith, of our faith in our thoughts and actions. While faith says he can, faith says God can, but trust says that God is. And I will think and act accordingly because God is. It is far easier to have faith in God, but it is a lot harder to exercise trust in him. Okay, let's think about that for a minute now. Okay, it is far easier to have faith in God, but it is a lot harder to exercise trust in him. Trust is the actual action. You says, yes, I have faith that that God can do it. But then trusting God to do it is is an action on your part because it requires you to do something. Okay, a little example. Suppose you're at Niagara Falls and you see this guy that has a wire strung across across Niagara Falls. And he's got a wheelbarrow in his hand. And he's about to walk across the, the wire to the other side in, in, in Niagara Falls. He's got that wire strung across. And when you walk up to him, the man asks you, do you believe that he can push the wheelbarrow across the falls? Do you believe that he can do it? Now, because you've seen him do it many, many, many times, you tell him that, yes, most certainly, I know you can do it. I have faith that you can do it. Okay, because you've seen him do it many times. However, that faith in him being able to push the wheelbarrow is because you've seen him do it and you know he can do it. But trust in him to do that, trust in him to do that would be you climbing in that wheelbarrow and having him wheel push you across that wire on uh, in the wheelbarrow. Now, that is trust. OK, having faith, knowing that he can he can do it because you've seen him do it. That's one thing. But then trusting him to, for you to get in that wheelbarrow. It's a whole different thing. Now, how many people would you get in that wheelbarrow? 
to let him push you across that wire, I, I, I don't think, think I would, I would actually do that. You see? So there we see that faith is knowledge, something that you've seen him do. You know that he can do it. But trust now is you, again I said, faith is a noun, okay? You know he can do it, so that's the faith. But trust now is the action that you have to do, and that trust would be, be evident by you climbing in that wheelbarrow and letting him wheel you across, across the, uh, the other side. Well, the question then to you today is that, can you climb into God's wheelbarrow and let him push you across the Niagara Falls, which could be the problems in your life? You have faith in God. You know that God can bring you through whatever it is that you need to be brought through. But do you trust God? Do you trust God almost to the point of you getting into that wheelbarrow with all of its unknowns and whatnot and looking down on either side and seeing the rushing waters? Do you trust God to navigate you through the issues of life that may come your way? Do you have faith in God that he can do it and trust in God that he will actually do it? Okay. Again, the difference between faith and trust. Do you have faith in God that he can do it? Yes. God says in his word that if you speak to that mountain, that it will be be removed. You have faith that that can be done. But do you trust that if you speak to that mountain, mountain, that God indeed will remove it? You see, so that's the difference here that we see now coming up between faith and trust. If you go to James uh, 2. James 2, uh, verse number 14, it talks about faith without works being dead. So why don't we just turn there? James 2. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. James chapter 2. And we want to zoom down to verse number 14. Okay, faith versus trust. Verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things, which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Okay? So in other words, and you can kind of picture that if a man came and knocked on your door and, and it was cold outside and maybe snowing, and he says that he's cold and he's hungry and so forth, and you, and you just simply say to him, uh, uh, um, go in peace, be you warmed and filled, and then you close the door. Now, is that going to warm him up? Okay, be warm and still, brother, brother, and you talk all holy and stuff like that and look at him all deep, you know. Be warm and be filled, bye, and you close the door. Well, that certainly is not doing anything. Maybe you're wishing him well, but he certainly can't put those warm, those words around his shoulders and walk away and warm him up, nor can it fill his belly. Okay, what does it profit? What good is it? Verse 17, even so, faith, if it has not works, it is dead being alone. So you having faith then is not enough. Again, the wheelbarrow. You have faith that that guy can wheel that barrel across Niagara Falls on that wire, okay? But but by you really demonstrating that faith, and if he says, okay, walk with me, get in my wheelbarrow, and you don't do that, then what is that profiting you? Okay. yes, you have faith he can do it. But what about trusting him to do it? Okay. again, 17, even so, faith, if it doesn't have works, it is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show you my faith by my works. 
Okay? So having that faith then is showing you that, yes, I have faith, and now I'm going to show you, show you how much faith I have because of this action that I'm going to take. You're praying to God about something, something that you really need, or something that you need to be taken away from your life, something that's really bothering you, or something that you're looking forward to, something that you really, really need. And then God comes and says to you, this is what I want you to do. Now, you have faith that God can do it. But without you doing what God is instructing you to do, then you are not showing your quote-unquote works. You're not showing your faith by any any actions, okay? Now, I'm not talking about the old thing that people talk about uh, where they start saying that, that uh, um, uh, works is enough to get me into heaven, the things that I do. And you know, some people, they, 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 they do big tithing, you know, they're on this and on the church board, they're always giving, they're always doing that and so forth like that. But there's no faith deep in their hearts and they're not really following what God is telling them to do. And they think that everything is going to be cool and copacetic because, because of their works. This is not what this is talking about. This is talking about when God is instructing you to do it, to do something, and by your actions, by your works, by you stepping out, by you getting in God's wheelbarrow, so to speak, that is what is really, that's what really activates the faith and activates God's hand. So faith without works is dead. Faith is dead without works. Faith is dead without you getting in that wheelbarrow, getting in God's wheelbarrow and doing exactly what he's telling you to do. Okay, reading 18 again. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me your faith without thy works and I will show you my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. By you saying that you believe in God, you're doing well. But you know what? The devils say they believe, he knows that they know there's a God too. Okay, so, and, and they, they tremble. So, verse 20. But wilt thou, O vain man, uh, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Okay? So, again, now we see here that faith and works, or faith versus trust, as I was saying, you know, by you acting out and trusting God to do exactly what he's telling you to do is two different things. Okay? So, it's not enough for you just simply to say that I have faith. The person who claims to be a Christian but lives in willful disobedience to Christ with a life that shows no works has a false or a dead faith. You know, if you're one that says that you love the Lord and you love Jesus and so forth and God is telling you to do things, but you're not doing what God is telling you to do, then that is showing a lack of a lack of faith on your part by you not by the works that you're not doing where God is telling you to do something. You see, and God may tell us something really, really strange. God forbid that God ever tells you to go to Niagara Falls and find that guy with the wheelbarrow and jump in it. You know, but just stop and think, though, some of the things that God may tell us to do in our lives to bring about something that we're really, really praying for or or, or believing in or we need help with something. Some of the things God may tell us to do may seem now I'm not comparing this to a wheelbarrow in a high wire act, but it may seem as far unrelated or totally risky. Okay, you see, you see. But if you say you have faith in God, then that means then you have to trust God. That whatever he is telling you to do is not going to be harmful to you. That you're going to benefit by it. And many times the things that we, that, that God may want us to do, even though we're claiming that we have faith in God, the thing that God is telling us to do, we feel very uncomfortable about doing it. Or we don't want to do it for fear. You see? You see? So, so, so therefore, your faith can't be really energized or activated to bring about what it is that God wants to come to pass in your life because you're not trusting him. You're not trusting him. James is clearly making a contrast between two different types of faith, 
True faith that saves and false faith that is dead. You see? So you can't go saying that you have faith in God. The next time somebody asks you, do you have faith in God? Or the next time God may ask you while you're in prayer, do you have faith in me? Really think about what your answer is. The next time you're in prayer and God may say to you in your spirit, do you have faith in me? Don't be so quick to just say, yes, Lord, I have faith in you without thinking about what you're really saying. Because if you're saying to God, yes, I have faith in you, then that means that I really trust you and I'm going to act upon whatever it is that you tell me to do. Okay? Don't go, don't go making false promises. Okay? Let's go to our, um, let's go to, uh, uh, in, in, uh, 2, 2 Samuel 22, 1 to 3. Uh, let's go there real quickly. 2 Samuel 22. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See where who moved my set. There we go. Two Samuel. Two Samuel twenty-two. Okay, and verse number one. 2 Samuel 22, verse number 1. And David spoke unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. Okay, David spake the song unto the Lord, the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him. Underline, the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. Just stop and think back to the times that God delivered you. Okay? And God has delivered us all as Christians, as children of his children, many, many times, many times. There may have been some things in your life that were going on that was a close call. There may have been a difficult situation in your life that was really burdensome to your household, to your children, to your job, to you personally, whatever it is. And God brought you through. And at the time that you were in that predicament, in that mess, you really, really, really felt threatened, just as though you were fighting an an enemy. And God came through and delivered you out of that situation, whatever it may be. There was a solution to your problem, to your problem. And you were finally able to breathe a sigh of relief because God brought you through. That's being delivered from something. So here he's saying, David is saying um, that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Please underline that, too, in all of verse 2. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. Underline and, and double underline the word trust. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. My high tower, my refuge, my savior, thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemy, from my enemies. And it goes on and on to talk about what God is going to do. But the main operative words here, here for today is also in verse number three on the line. The God of my rock in him will I trust. He is my shield. He is my shield. 
You see, you see, so we see here that the song that David is saying here that uh, um, that God is indeed his shield. He's, a, he's his rock and he will trust in him. You see, now with this understanding of what trust is, what we just talked about, the difference between faith and trust in knowing that God is going to to bring you through something and trusting him to do it. David said here that that he is uh, he's my shield. Knowing that God is going to shield you from things that are, are troublesome in your lives. That he can save you. He's your salvation. He's your high tower, your refuge. You know, high towers of refuge, you know, in, in, in terms of like a, a being under attack and so forth. An enemy attacking you. You know, a high tower is when you're in a, to- a tower and the enemy down below can't get to you. A refuge is a place of safety. Amen. It's a place of safety. So, so knowing now, understanding a little better what, what trust is about, we're going to talk about Open doors and closed doors. I wanted to establish with you first the difference between faith and trust and what trust really is to bring about to bring about God's blessing in your life. Now I want to talk about open doors and closed doors. We need to learn to praise the Lord as much for a closed door in your life as for an open door. You see, now we're talking about trusting God. So when a door gets closed in your life, when something does not work out, the way you wanted it to work out or the way you expected it to work out, okay? Okay, we need to understand what is the difference between a closed door and, and an open door. The reason that God closes doors in our lives is because either he, is not, he has not prepared anything over there for you through that particularly closed door, or there's something there that he wants to protect you from. If God allows a door to be closed in your life, It's either because he has not prepared anything for you over in that particular door. You've seen those game shows. You choose door number one, two, or three. Well, door number one, maybe God has not prepared anything for you there. Or there is something in that inside that door or across that door that God wants to keep you from or protect you from. If he didn't close the wrong door, if he didn't close the wrong door for us, we would never find the right door. Okay, so in other words, if God did not close that door for you, that was the wrong door for you. If God didn't close that particular door, that was the wrong door for you, then you'll never find out, find out what the right door is. You see, you never find out what door you should have gone through or what door you should go through. You see, so again, this gets down to here, trusting, trusting God for doors to for open doors, doors and or closed doors. You see, many times when a door, quote unquote, seemingly closes in our life. If we're not careful as Christians, we wind up losing our trust in God, you see, because that door that you wanted to go through so badly, maybe you dreamed of of that door. And that door can be representative of many things. It can be career. It can be a new house, a new car. It can be a a relationship. Uh, It could be whatever it is, something that you're really, really hoping for. And you're approaching that door and you think it's the right door, but God closes that door. Many times if we're not not careful as Christians, we wind up losing our trust in God because then you wind up saying, gee whiz, how come I didn't get through that door? How come that door did not open for me? How come it closed in my face when I wanted it so badly? So you start you start losing your trust. okay? but then you have to remember again, as I said, if God permits a door to close or if God closes a door, it's either because God has not gone through that door before you to pave the way for you or there's something behind that door he does not want you to expose to and wants to protect it from you. Okay? And again, if God didn't close that wrong door, then you would never find out what the right door is for you. God directs our path through the closing and opening of doors. 
God directs our path through the closing and opening of doors. Once a door closes, it forces you to change your course. Now, there are several doors here in this sanctuary, and if you decided to go to that first door over there, and you tried the handle, and it was locked, and you needed to get to the other side of that wall there, you say, okay, well, maybe that door is closed. Let me try the other one. Then you wind up going to a different door, and you go on until the door opens. Many times, God wants us to, to hit a closed door because he wants us to try a different door. You see, and this is where, again, it gets down to us having the trust in God. How many of us as Christians, when we run into that closed door, do we sit back and instead of losing trust in God, do we sit back and say, "Okay, God, that didn't work. What is it that you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? If that particular door doesn't open for me, God, then what door is going to open? Okay. now, if God wants you to get from point A to point B, and there's a series of doors between point A and point B, then God wants you to get to point B, but it's going to be through the right door. And when you go through that right door, that's where you'll find the blessings. That's where you'll find the cool green grass as opposed to the rocky road that you've been walking on. That's where you'll find, you'll find the tranquility, if you will, when you go through the door that God has, clo- has, uh, has opened for you. Once a door closes, it forces you to change your course. You see? Now, so many times as Christians, you know, and you can kind of visualize this and maybe even think about yourself in terms of something that did not work for you where a door was closed. How many times did you bang your head at that door that was closed? Or how many times did you go and get a pickaxe, so to speak, and start chopping away at that door still? And chopping away at that door sometimes will be you're trying to accomplish something. You know, I mean, there was... (laughs) I was trying to get something done with Comcast, I'll just say, boy, and I was running into so many different obstacles and so forth like that until I realized why I was fighting the uphill, build, uphill battle and I made the correction and so forth. And then things, boom, went very, very smoothly, you see. So sometimes we can have things in our lives that are going on and we just insist and persist on trying to get something done. We persist and it's just, we keep running into hassles and we keep running into, it still is not working out. You need to stop and, and, and sit back and pray for me and say, Lord, why am I running into so many hassles here, okay? If God wanted you to get through that door or wanted you to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, then it wouldn't be so much, so much uh, uh, difficulty in doing so, you see? So if God closes that door, remember that in many times, most of the time, it's to force you to change your course. So then that means that you need to do something, do something different. So when that thing doesn't work out, it doesn't, it, it falls through or whatever it is, you just seem to be really be bumping your head, banging your head against the door, so to speak. Then you ask God, God, do I need to change my direction? Okay, where is that other door? The door on the left that I'm pursuing right now, I've been making phone calls, I've been praying, I've been doing this, I've been doing that, but that door is still closed. Remember, God permits doors to be closed because he wants to change your direction. So if that's the case, Lord, where is it that you want me to go? Where, where is it? Where is it? Where is that open door? Another door closes when that happens and it forces you to change your course again. All right. You try something different and the door closes again. You see, now, this is where many times Christians and, and, and the devil uses this this ploy to, to just slowly chip away at your faith and trust in God where you will try something else and that doesn't work out also. Okay. Well, gee whiz, I, I, I turned away from that first door. I, I changed my mind. I finally gave up on doing that. So I'm going to get over here and do this. And you start trying that door, trying that door, and that door doesn't open either. 
that door doesn't open either. Okay? So don't be like uh, um, the Christian that then starts saying, well, gee whiz, I tried door number one. That didn't work. Now I tried door number two. That doesn't work. What's going on here? Remember, keep in your mind, God permits doors to be closed or God permits doors to not open because he wants to change your direction. Okay, so there must be a door number three. In either case, you have to go forth with that with that that trust, not just faith. You got to go forth with that trust, knowing that the door that I will get to is going to be the door that God wants me to go through. And so, yes, I trust. Not only do I have faith in him, but I'm going to demonstrate demonstrate my trust in God by acting on whatever it is that he tells me to do, whatever it is that he tells me to do, even though even though it may seem. That the first two doors that you tried, it may seem that you were acting, acting in faith and acting with trust in what God was telling you to do. You may have misinterpreted something. I'm not God. God will do what he chooses to do. He's sovereign. Or maybe God is looking at your persistence in, 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 in trusting him and following what he's telling you to do. There could be a host of reasons why God is not permitting that door to open for you yet. But that does not mean that you give up and you stop trusting him. OK, God's purpose for closing a door or for permitting a door to close on you is because he wants to change your direction. He wants you to get to the door to where he wants you. He wants you to get into. Finally, then you find the open door. Finally. But each time it requires trust and what action on your part? Trust and action. Okay. You hear me talk about the proverbial guy that wants a job, wants a job, and his way of trusting God is sitting on the park bench feeding the pigeons. Okay. All right. Well, that is not going to happen. Again, when I use that little uh, um, uh, description, I always say God is sovereign. Of course, God can do whatever he chooses to do. But nine out of ten, you know, you're sitting on a park bench without any action on your own. You're not going to see a pigeon bring up a key to you or some sort of an application in his mouth and say, here, here the job for you. Okay, you need to do, there has to be some action on your part. Faith without works is dead, is dead. So finally, you get to the door that God wants you to get to. That door opens and you walk through to your blessing. And then when you go through that door, many times in retrospect, Holy Spirit will show you, this is why door number one did not open. This was why door number two did not open. Okay. 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 And and, and thank God, you know, sometimes also a door will be there before you. And Holy Spirit will be talking to you. And this is the other thing with faith and trust being action on your part, trusting God. The door handle may be turning on that door like it's starting to open. But then Holy Spirit may be telling you also, don't go through that door. Don't go through that door. And you may have that door partway, partway open, about to step on the other side, and then you stop, and you back up and you close the door, and you go on and you wait on God, and then you find your blessing. Sometimes Holy Spirit will show you what would have happened had you gone through that open door. Had you gone through that open door. The case in point, you may have heard me talk about this, too. One time in my career when I was being offered a position and talking to my wife about it and we prayed about it and it just did not seem right in my spirit. The door was open. This was a case where I could have very easily opened the door and gone through it. But God was telling me, don't go through that door. At least I did not feel the peace. So I did not accept that position that was being offered to me. And then it was but a, a couple of weeks later on. 
that whole group, that whole staff under that vice president that was offering me the job, that whole staff uh, uh, came under fire. Because it was written up in the newspaper because of some irregularities that was going on within that department. Had I gone through that door, then I would have been swept up in that. So that's a case where, where I did not go through a door that I could have opened without listening to God, without following God's um, direction. You see? So again, God will open and, God will open or permit doors to be open, or God will close doors or permit God, or permit doors to be closed, but you have some action there. And this is where you again need to be in tune with Holy Spirit to make sure you're going through the door, going through the door that God has chosen for you. You go through the right door and you will always find a blessing. A couple of more scriptures here in closing. Let's go to Proverbs before we close. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5. Okay. Proverbs 3, verse number 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall what? He shall direct thy paths. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust in the Lord. Underline that if you don't already have it underlined. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. There's that word trust again. The action. Take the action, not based on what you understand it to be. Take that action, trusting God, and, and don't try to figure it out on your own. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts, as the word of God says. So, again, we have to take that action of, action of trusting God and doing what it is he's telling you to do. In all your ways, verse 6, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Acknowledge the fact that God is your provider, that you can do nothing in this life, in this earth, without God. Praise him and worship him and know that and realize that he is indeed your provider. He's your savior. You can't do anything without him. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Let's go to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 37. And we want to do verse number... And here we see again, trust in the Lord. If you don't have it underlined, underline it, please. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt, uh, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. Thy light thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Okay. So again, trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and verily you will be fed. If you trust in God, you shall be fed. The things that you're praying for, the thing that you're looking for, the thing you're trying to achieve, you will indeed uh, benefit by it. Delight yourself. Be the joy of the Lord is my strength. Delight thyself in the Lord. He shall give thee desires of your heart. And then lastly here, commit your way unto the Lord. Commit means to, 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 to roll over your, uh, your thoughts and your actions to God. 
if you commit somebody to a sanitarium to, for psychological care, it's because you cannot care for the person. So you commit that person, meaning that you're giving the care of that person entirely over to that institution because you cannot do it yourself. So commit your way, commit your life. Roll over your life to God. Give the things of your life to God because you simply cannot manage it all yourself. You have to trust God, knowing that God is indeed who he says he is, and that he can bring it to pass. Okay? So again, faith is a noun. You have faith in God. Trusting God is a verb. It requires action. So as you're going through looking for the doors in your life to be opened, or you're looking for a door to, to, to find a solution to, to an issue, to a problem, to whatever it is that you're praying and hoping for, remember that the door that God wants you to go through will be the door that he will open. The door that he does not want you to go through will close and, be, and remain closed. So in closing here, just remember that faith in God is relatively easy. It's easy to say that you have faith in God. Having trust in God is really the challenge. Having trust in God is really the challenge because it requires you to act on what it is that you're having faith for. And it's a lot of times it's easier said than done because the action that we think God wants us to go through, we may feel uncomfortable or we hesitate or whatever it might be to stop us from going through. God will only open the door that he wants you to go through uh, in this life, and that's where you'll find your blessings. Praise God. I pray that this message uh, was a blessing for you. And now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and our offerings.